Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Susan Marino, CNIO at Hartford HealthCare. In this segment, Marino talks about how they established the governance structure needed to support clinical transformation, the key role that councils played in supporting clinicians and providing training, and how super users helped increase staff engagement and decrease reliance on consultants. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvada, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at Improvada.com. When you talk about all the things that, that are priorities now, things like, like virtual health, as you just mentioned, and really looking at optimizing systems, looking at population health, what started all of that was, of course, this uh, this transformation to Epic, which seems like it dovetailed with the organization's own transformation going from you know, individual hospitals to, to a health system. So mm-hmm. as far as this whole evolution, can you talk about really what, what was required from a governance standpoint to, to try to make sure that as you go along, systems that were being put in place were going to be as effective as possible for the users? Right. Oh, that's a great question, and, and uh, I have to say probably some of our absolutely success factors in, in being able to move this huge project program along. So it, it certainly starts with several different layers. Certainly you have an executive team layer where you're, you know, your top decision-making, financial decisions, eliminating key barriers and risks to the organization. We have a leadership team that has worked throughout the last four to five years, uh, meeting once a week to actually take on critical issues of the week or, you know, barriers to getting our end-user training completed or systems that are not supporting the program as well as it could. So, So that executive leadership team met on a weekly basis. It was comprised of our revenue cycle um, leadership, our operational leads from each one of the hospitals, so our CNOs, our VPs, uh, medical affairs. We had um, our informatics leadership, our ITS leadership, and then depending upon what challenges we had, what other clinical areas might be brought to the table on a regular basis to understand how to to continue moving forward and make um, decisions that were consistent with our guiding principles and how to move forward. And then additionally, um, what's most critical are the clinical councils that we have within our organization. So when we first started, the key councils were identified um, and were comprised of individuals from across the system. Our goal was absolutely to build our product with a system-wide focus so that any one of our organizations that came live, we would all be looking at very similar uh, workflows, processes, order entry, clinical documentation. While we did have a need for some variation based on complexity of care, uh, services that only practiced at one hospital or another, absolutely the goal was to, to reduce the variation and create the efficiencies that we really w- would need. So our clinical councils were, we have a cancer institute council, we have a pharmacy council, um, key nursing councils, not only one for the system and then at each um, acute care space and in our uh, post-acute space. Uh, we have surgical councils, palliative care. Um, now, across in the last four years, those councils have 
expanded. They've become much more um, efficient at how they make decisions. Uh, and um, we have now 31 councils that support our, um, our system in decision making and that governance structure so that um, we're sure that the clinicians and our staff have access to being um, part of those conversations, part of the workflows, and the decisions that then can escalate to more executive teams. Okay. But making all those councils and all of those governance structures work in harmony quite the challenge, and yeah. I'm sure that anyone else who has been in a very large rollout of uh, electronic medical record systems has certainly been challenged by that as well. Right. Right. It, you talked about um, wanting to reduce variation, but being aware that there is going to be some variation just because of dealing with so many different types of needs, and I imagine that that's a difficult balance to try to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. So in supporting those governance structures, we had training councils, we have change management council who really watched from rollout to rollout how were our organizations, our operational leadership supporting um, each one of the rollouts, were their staff going to the meetings where they were getting educated, were their managers going to classes where they were learning how to transform their charges and how they were charging and monitoring charges in their areas. Uh, making sure that they all understood the workflows that were being brought to each specific area. And then, of course, the policies and procedures that all had to be accompanying all these new workflows and the changes um, that were coming with the rollout. So, yes, many supportive services as well as the governance structure um, made it quite the orchestration to be sure that timelines, that deliverables um, all came in time for, for rollout. Right. Now, with, with um, I don't want to say uh, the, the implementations, you know, wrapping up because everything's always changing, but I, I imagine that there were steps that had to be taken to adjust for things like, uh, you know, bed management and even like scheduling, of, of employee scheduling, and what were the, mm -hmm. some of the things you did to kind of keep all of that on track? So when we were beginning to look at each organization and the strategy for go-live, certainly the size of the organization, um, the staff that would be available, um, it was really important that you know we, we had things certainly like no training, no access, no kidding, uh, that everyone was required to go to training. We couldn't have folks showing up uh, on their floors trying to get through this system that was very significantly different than what we had been on. We had five legacy systems before um, going to EPIC. Uh, so really ensuring that we had operational readiness. So we had an entire program that each organization, as they were preparing about six months out from Go Live, would start um, an every other week meeting with key managers and directors and leaders from the organization. We had an entire pathway of topics of education, of uh, data to support them watching along with us. Were people, were their staff signing up to go to training? Had they attended training? Who were the outliers? How do we get to those outliers? What communication structures did we put in place to be sure that, that there was a cascading down um, throughout the organization? Uh, we relied extremely heavily on uh, key operational components within Hartford HealthCare. We use lean daily management. Um, all of our areas have daily huddles, so communications were able to be cascaded in a very consistent way. 
throughout our organization. Those were, were absolutely hallmark to the success of each organization. Uh, and then certainly the staffing of those go lives, making sure that ahead of time that we prepared areas that were challenged by staffing, whether we brought in temporary staffing. Um, one of our most, I believe, successful programs as we rolled out um, our first go live was 100% covered by consultants who came in and stood at the elbow with our end users as we turned the software on and for the first two to three weeks provided support 24 by 7. After that first rollout, the first two hospitals, we had a credentialed training program and a super user program, and we developed internal strengths, really, um, to be able to then beef up every time we got to the next hospital, our, in, our own internal folks who enjoyed that personal development, who, who enjoyed going to that next organization as an expert, and really, um, who really understood our workflows and how the system really supported the patients in each specific area. It was, it was a remarkable program, and by the time we hit our final hospital, Bacchus Hospital, in October, I believe we probably provided about 70% of the support for that go-live. So not only was that a staff engagement, staff really supporting um, the organization, it also helped us with cost savings um, in hiring um, external consultants. Right. Right. That, that's a big difference. It's nice to have those kind of numbers to really to, to show, like, okay, this is, what we're doing is, is really working. And, and the staff that traveled to the other organizations were proud. They were glad to be there to be able to help get folks through um, the first difficult days. They, they made great friends. So they m mostly would support the specialty area that they had come from. So they know the practice, they know our patient populations, and now they can help um, their new colleagues learning um, these key skills. And um, they were very proud of it. Uh, there was a lot of conversation, new friends across the system. So now in our councils, we have uh, folks that know each other um, much better because of their participation in, in either the credential trainer or super user program. Right. And I, I imagine that um, being someone who was a nurse, um, that there's an understanding of some of the, the challenges they face and a real emphasis among your part and on the, the clinical informatics team to, to use whatever tools or processes you can to help make sure that, that nurses, their addresses are being concerned and that they're, they're working to the top of their license. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. Uh, you know, our staff, we have about uh, 26 nurses and uh, physicians and APRN staff who were committed to this entire project from the time of development, going through all of our different components of build and design, integration, testing, um, certainly the education, building the curriculums, as well as then teaching and supporting our new staff. They have been just um, an invaluable component of, of success for the organization. Uh, they are there constantly and continue to be in those organizations. So we are regionally stationed so that we can be available um, day to day. 
within our organizations, not only working on the next project or initiative, but also to be supporting individuals who are struggling, new hires, and then also supporting the ongoing engagement of our super users and our credentialed trainers so we can continue that professional development expansion of the services we try to provide. Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.